Scramble Founders. Hi, I'm Adrian from Clean Voice. Hey, and I'm Mash from Sparrow. And today we'll talk about unpleasant experiences, especially in the early days of building our own companies. I have a very specific experience that happened. Adrian, did you want to go first or should I? Well, you, you're already so excited. I think uh, let's hop into, into your story. What was your bad experience, Mesh? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So it, was an, it all started when I wanted to create a platform. But actually, it, it did start. I didn't really know who exactly I would be servicing through my service, through my, through my platform. And I was very confused about my customer persona. I was also confused about my advisor persona. And just for everyone on the, on the call to be aligned on what I'm building, it's a growth partner for startups. And so we match startups with advisors who help them scale their businesses. And in the beginning, I wasn't really sure how to do the matchmaking. I wasn't really sure what founders were even looking for. So I remember the first session, here's a bad experience. The first session I ever hosted on the platform, first ever paid session, it was somebody who reached out to me from a forum. They said, hey, Mash, looks like your service is something I need. Do you have anyone I can talk to? So I said, absolutely. So then I matched them up with an advisor who I sourced from, from LinkedIn because I thought they were perfect. Turns out they weren't. And, you know, processes were manual. Everything was really, you know, it, it wasn't really the best, but I managed to put them on a call together. And because I was just starting the service, I didn't want to charge anyone $100. I was too scared, worried, frustrated with not knowing. And so I only charged the founder 20 bucks. And I told the advisor that um, this is just for the platform. 20 bucks is just for the advisor to get a feel for what the customer would really want, just to make sure there's some money involved in the transaction, right? So people don't treat it like a free service. And so I sit up the call, I pray to God, and I go to bed, I wake up. And I get an email from the customer, right? And he says, Mash, that was the worst thing I've ever had. I mean, I would never, ever pay for this. This is not worth my money. It's, I don't know what's going on here. And I received the email and I was in shock, right? Because I was under the impression that the advisor was, advisor really knew what they were doing. So I, under the impression they went to Stanford. I was also under the impression that they had a very good understanding of machine learning and artificial intelligence and cryptocurrency and blockchain and all of that. Oh boy. Turns out, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the classic. It's the classic. So all, all, the, all the big words. Turns out on the call. So I, I got on call with the, with the customer later on because I was like, bro, let me give you your money back, right? Clearly you had a bad time. Uh, I'm still figuring shit out on my side. Please let me give you your money back because I don't want you to leave with a bad experience. It's not about me. It's about you. He said, Mash, look, you know, we're both founders. We don't have to worry about $20, $30. Where did you find this person? I'm like, <laughs> anyway, so turns out the advisor didn't know what she was talking about. And then throughout the end of the session or by the end of the session, she was switching whatever she was saying. So let's say I say, Adrian, go take the train to Amsterdam. Right before the call, I'm like, yeah, so you should probably fly to Amsterdam, right, Adrian? Kind of like that. And the founder was just confused, didn't see the value. It was a terrible match. And I had a lot of lessons that I learned from it, quite a lot. And we can talk about that on another, on another podcast episode. But yeah, that was, the, that was the first bad paid session. And it really made me realize that I built Sparrow based on what I thought the customers needed. I did not do any research on what founders needed. I also did a terrible job understanding who the ideal advisor is. So it's a fail, fail, fail. 
over time, I perfected the process, obviously, still learning every day. But now that we're doing deals that have three to four figures in them, it makes more sense to be more involved. At that point, I was pretty scared. I was thinking, oh, it's just $20. But as a founder, you always need to be close to your product, regardless of how much you're selling it for, even if it's for free. The closer you are to the product and the customer, the better you understand the issues, the problems, and the challenges. And you hear the bad news on a Monday morning. But that's what it's like to be a founder, to be a scrambled founder. Man, man, so much to unpack here. So first of all, guys, everybody, everybody who's listening, if you see someone who who have their, their LinkedIn profile, blockchain and AI in the same sentence, that's like the biggest red flag. But there is actually some positive things which happened here. Imagine this would have been a big scale business. Like, okay, you, like you, you may, you know, went with the hard sell. You got your $1,000, let's say. Imagine dealing with that. The conversation would have gone way worse than it's whatever. Like it was bad experience, but it's okay. Then I'm going to hate you forever. Even if you give me my money back, I'm going to hate you forever. And I'm going to write a bad review on all the social media platform. And I'm going to cancel you, right? That's like the difference between $20 and $2,000. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I got really lucky with this guy. He was very sweet to like sit down with me, talk me through the whole thing. And then it's funny you say the hard sell, right? Because he told me, Mash, you know, when I first met you, I thought you were some kind of salesman, like trying to like make me buy stuff, but you're actually a really nice guy. You know, like you actually, I, th I think you really genuinely care. And so that was a transformation in me, right? Because I stopped wearing the, how do I sell a product hat? And I became, okay, on a human level, how do I genuinely apologize to this guy and actually make sure he gets some help, right? So I volunteered to make introductions, on LinkedIn, I connected him to a few of, I connected him to a lot of founders, I think, just to help him out, right? And then till this day, I check in with him sometimes. He lives in London, so it's pretty cool. Ramen Club, please sponsor us. <laughs> Charlie, I love Charlie, amazing guy. Now that you went through this experience, how would you do it now? If you need like an expert in a certain field which you don't have deep knowledge in and you need to find an advisor, how are you going to, improve the situation, finding those people? Absolutely. So I can answer this question very nicely and I'll make it general so that people on the call can also relate. The truth is it's a very, service industries are very difficult to navigate because you're paying for knowledge and sometimes the knowledge is crap. Sometimes it's unusable, sometimes it's unrelatable, sometimes it's great knowledge, but it does not fit your context. You can never solve this problem because that's where you're literally selling. You're selling something behind closed doors, right? Like people don't know what's behind that door. That's why they're paying. So it's really tough to sell this. However, you can lower the risk in the transaction. So if I, I love bullet points, if there were bullet points for the people on the call, number one is genuinely understand if what you're selling in terms of advice or expertise, if this is really what the buyer wants in their life, do they really need it? Does it fit their lifestyle? Does it fit their business needs? Be as specific as you can get. One way of doing this is I have discovery calls with the founder. I ask them very specific questions like, dude, like what's up with your business? Like you just raised $100,000. Amazing. Congrats. Like what's the next step in your business? What's your product roadmap? Why do you care about SEO? Like you don't even have a fully built out product. Why are you trying to build on SEO and ads? Right? I always ask these questions to understand the buyer. Number one. Number two understand what you are selling, go deep, go very deep. 
So with my advisors, I ask them specific questions. Hey, what are three things you're extremely comfortable delivering on? I don't want to know the things you're good at. I want to know the things you're fantastic at because those things I will pitch to the buyer. So whatever you're selling to whoever, understand both sides very, very deeply. Number one. Number two, the second bullet point, make sure they have a conversation. You're selling a human relationship. You're selling friendship, however you want to phrase it. These two people need to talk before they even begin a transactional relationship. In the beginning, Adrian, I, I was scared. I would set up these discovery calls with these two people and run away. I was like, I don't want to be on the call. I'm scared. Now I get on the call every time they talk to the client in the beginning because it helps me see their reactions, their emotions, their tone, their voice pitch. And I can tell if the founder is vibing with the advisor and if the advisor actually cares about the founder. So number one, you understand both parties. Number two, you facilitate the relationship between both parties up until the point the buyer is ready to pay. What this does, Adrian, is it makes both parties so much more comfortable because now that they've already spoken for 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, or even over email, now that they have spoken to each other, they kind of know if there's a good fit or not. So you can read the room. And I think these two points are the best, really. Just understand both parties and be very specific and really, really, really be honest with yourself and the people in the room. It's better to not sell a service to somebody who doesn't need it than to sell a small price item to somebody who loves you. Because I have gotten so many shout outs on Twitter simply because I was selling $100 worth of hours, right? But the people who took those hours, they were the perfect match for the advisor that I matched them up with. So that took me weeks and months to understand. And that's the advice I think is necessary. Applies to everything, actually. Well, I have a different story. Last week, around 11 p.m., very late night, ready to go to sleep, I get hit with an email. It was an angry email from a customer. It was The reason was quite interesting. He just recently canceled his subscription. The thing is, he didn't actually unsubscribe. Uh, my payment provider actually unsubscribed them because their card was invalid. And he was quite pissed because it's like, I understand, you know, if I didn't want to pay and so on, but he actually wanted to pay. And he was used to get an email that his card was invalid in order to then change it upon that email. But he never got an email. I literally just unsubscribed him automatically because that was the default option. And uh, yeah, he goes pissed like, like, yeah, man, I'm using it for six months. I love the tool. And like, you just unsubscribe me, man. Really? Like, it felt like a slap in the face to him. And uh, understandable, right? In the end, it was clarified. I was like, damage has been done. Look, man, uh, this month, it's on me. I gave him this month on myself. The only request I have is just then subscribe again with your new card. I cannot add your new card. I can do anything. You're canceled. There's nothing I can do now. And uh, yeah, that was fine. He wasn't chasing money. He just was just annoyed and that's it. But I felt like the need to really, if someone, in this case, he wasn't fault. It was my fault. Even if he didn't ask it, I really felt like I should compensate him for his damage now interesting in love there is a way actually to set up in your payment provider in my particular payment provider i use paddle for my payments but the similar thing you can do with stripe as well that if the card got rejected i was there and there are many reasons why it could be rejected you send them an email that hey your card is invalid and you can send like this sequence of emails so you can try it like immediately then maybe after one day after a week, and then maybe after a week, you re then cancel the account. 
And yeah, I set it up. Mm-hmm. I told my customer like, hey, actually, you know, there was a way to set this. I didn't know. And my customer was like, dude, just read the fucking manual, you know? So he started then. <laughs> he was just dissing me and laughing at me like, just read the manual, man. <laughs> then things clarified and uh, everything was fine. But if you are in SaaS, not sure most indie funds, but half of indie founders are like in SaaS and then services as well. Check your payment provider. Most likely you're going to use Stripe or something like like Paddle. Those are like the two main ones. I think also people use Gumroad. Set this up in the beginning. In my case, by default, there was no email to remind the person to change card. I had to add it afterwards. Don't forget that because you're going to get some pissed users. And who knows? Maybe this was not my single customer. We have multiple customers who actually went through this, but I will never know because I just got notification got canceled. I never get an email about, hey, the card was invalid, something like this. So yeah, it's it was a slightly frustrating, let's say, evening because I was just, you know, writing the customer to figure out what actually happened because I didn't understood. It wasn't like obvious to me what happened. But yeah, that was my story for today. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one, man. Obviously, I'm not building a SaaS, right? But if I built one and if somebody did exactly what whatever happened with you, right? I would be offended, right? I would I would think, oh, what's his problem? Like, why is he being so like aggressive with me? That would be my first gut reaction. Um, but I think it's it's nice of you that you gave him some. Sorry, it's just funny. It's like, bro, read the manual. That's actually really funny. You give him a free month. He's like, yeah, whatever, bro. Like, just read the manual, bro. So funny. Um, but yeah, it's really good. I'm I'm happy you reached a conclusion with that customer, man, because I think ultimately, and again, I'm early stage with my platform, still long ways to go. However, I'm a very firm believer that, you know, these are the, the, the crucial times when, you know, founders are actually built. How you handle disgruntled customers, how you handle dissatisfied customers or unhappy or angry or, you know, they have something they want to get off their chest and they think you're the person to blame. From a psychological perspective, oftentimes it's not really anyone's fault per se. It's just so maybe someone forgot something, right? Or maybe you and I forgot a configuration on the back end. These things happen, right? Like I use Stripe and then oh, this is really funny. One of my customers. So this guy, I told him, bro, let me just send you. Oh, Jesus, this guy was so interesting. So he bought $1,500 worth of services from Sparrow. Okay. I told him, dude, you're constantly buying. Let me just send you a subscription link because every week I had to hunt him down. I had to write email after email, manual emails, because everything's manual right now. So I would say, hey, John, can you please subscribe to the Stripe link? Because you're taking sessions every week, it'll automatically deduct the fund. You get automatic receipts and I don't have to chase you every week because, Adrian, after I would send him three emails, he would subscribe or sorry, he would pay me the money that money would go to my bank. And then from my bank, I would have to like figure a way to give the money to my advisor, right? Like it was such a pain. I'm happy he bought $1,500 worth of services, but that was eight sessions, right? My math is right. So for eight weeks, I had to chase this guy down. I had to negotiate with my advisor and explain to him why he's getting his money late. And it was such a pain. And he never, he never clicked the subscription link. It got to me, man. It was so bad. But again, lesson learned, right? So he was very uncomfortable going for a subscription link. I unfortunately had to chase his ass for eight weeks. But then came another customer who subscribed to a three or four week session. 
So one session a week for three to four weeks, he was learning about Facebook ads and LinkedIn ads and all that. With him, he was happy to go for a subscription, right? And I sent him one link, he subscribed once, and then ever since the money would automatically get deposited, I would get a beautiful notification on my iPhone saying, amount deposited on your Strap account. So I'd be very happy. But yeah, uh, lots to learn when it comes to handling early stage customers, man. Crazy, crazy stories, but yep, that's the vibe.